thin. It's like it's it's if we can end it by like five fifty, five forty five, if that's okay. Of course. So like an hour course, and fifteen, mate. mate. That's perfect. Thank you, babe. I love it. Absolutely I just I, I thought perfect. I had more time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought I had more time and I, I lost it, mate. I said no. That's all babe. right, babes. We all I, were babe, out I of said time. no. We've all been fucking out. Pardon me for doing this accent, <laughs> but like I can't stop, mate. It's so fun. Like, it's <laughs> so fun. I can't stop neither. Oh, so fucking fun, mate. It's so good. <laughs> what you want to talk about? about? Oh, God, no. <laughs> oh, no. We're gone. It's gone <laughs> We're going. I do declare. I do declare. Now it's all. Oh, no, I lost it. I lost it. <laughs> now it's a mess. You had me at Hell no. Hi, welcome to You Had Me at Hell No. I'm Allie. And I'm Mel. And this is our podcast where we try to figure out why we love movies that hate us so much. We talk about romance movies of all kinds, from comedies to dramas to erotic thrillers, and it's it's truly thrilling. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though we do not typically seek out this genre for comfort, Mel, what do you like to watch for comfort? I like to watch horror. Um... That's my jam, and I actually watched a really interesting one recently. Yeah. Uh, I like to give my horror recommendations, and um, I don't remember what it was called. It'll come to me, but the premise well, it of it- it sounds great. Yeah, it sounds great. The premise is, is that a bunch of teens who are watching a slasher film get transported into the slasher the film. The final girls? Yes. Final girl? Yeah. Final girls. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was charming, and I thought it was funny, um, and it was very meta, which I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that's me. Allie, what do you like to watch? I like to watch uh, a funny action movie for comfort, um, like usually a heist or some kind of fun thing. I watched the movie Ava, the Jessica Chastain one. Honestly, a stacked cast. The acting was, it felt a little bit like the acting was better than the script. Like they were, she was giving it a lot. It's one of those movies that kind of makes you want to watch another movie. But let me tell you what I did love. I could watch Jessica Chastain beat people up until the end of time. Her in a wig being like, oh, hey, is this where I'm supposed to be? And then murdering. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. I don't know if I could recommend it, but I... I that makes sense. Love her, so I guess anyway. This is a Jessica Chastain positive podcast. We lo- I love Jessica Chastain so As much. As do I. She's incredible. I would so yeah. good. I would watch Ava if you're a Jessica Chastain person, but it's it's fine. It's it, uh, also it's a stacked. Common is in it. Um, Whoa. Okay. Uh, Colin That's Farrell. That's a name I've not heard in a long time. <laughs> Colin Farrell. Gina Davis. Okay, there is a scene between Gina. There are scenes between Gina Davis and Jessica Chastain where I was like, yes, 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 yes. This is the mother-daughter drama that I want. This is casting Hell that yeah. I like. But anyway, um, yeah. Anyway, that's that's uh, something I like to do. 
We didn't watch either of these. Well, we watched them, but we are not going to talk about them today. Today we're talking about a movie from 2003 called <sighs> Down <sighs> With Love. Oh, Allie. I'm so sorry that I picked this movie. <laughs> I it was I don't know how I feel about this movie. There Same. are things I, that I really yeah. liked. Like the costumes are gorgeous and the set, like the aesthetic of it all is very deliberate and clear and it's it's clearly um hmm it's well made. It's a movie where I felt the whole time, why don't I like this more? Because it's so well made and it is very deliberate and it is referencing what feels like very specific things, but I didn't it, it was one of the I was having trouble getting through it, to be honest with you. It's one me where I think too. this movie is not for me. Um it it's one of those where all I could think was like, Oh, this is not this is not my type of movie. Yeah, I this I have a genuine question. Was this a satire? Because we've established in previous episodes of the podcast that I fully do not understand satire at Um, all. I don't know if it's satire. Um, I feel like it's definitely maybe a pastiche or an homage to uh, movies of the early nineteen, like quote non-sex sex comedies of the nineteen sixties. Um. I got a lot of like Doris Day Rock Hudson. Yeah, which is specific, which is what they wanted to, which what what they were specifically referencing and trying to sort of emulate. Yeah, um, honestly, this I, the first two thirds of this movie, I hated it. I was not and having then, a good time. I was not having a good time. And then the twist, and then the twist happened, and I was like, yes. "Hmm, huh, maybe I don't hate it." Yeah. And then another twist, and I was like, "No, I hate it." <laughs> I, but let's let's get into it. I so, just... <laughs> basic basic plot rundown. Mm-hmm. Okay, Renee Zellweger plays Barbara Novak, who mm-hmm. is an author who writes this book called Down with Love, where she's you know basically outlining to women how they can also be sexually kind of free like men, and how their whole lives don't have to be about falling in love and pleasing a man that sex should be something that's pleasurable for them and that they can support themselves mm-hmm. um comes to new york meets her publisher vicky played by sarah paulson i gotta say did, sarah paulson was job. my favorite part of this movie me too she all of her costumes are incredible she enters wearing a cape and she's doing this voice she's talking like 1960s sort of starlet she's talking like this hey darling my name's vicky like she's talking like that the whole time and it's great i it loved was it really i well loved done. it she has never um, failed us one time sarah paulson anyway. there was a there was a moment in this when she was talking to um david hyde uh, pierce no, not, but that, that was funny too. And we'll get to that. But there was a moment where she's like, I hate men. I don't know. I ever did this. Men are the worst. And I was like, babe, that's cause you're a lesbian. Like, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> she is but- a queer woman. Although she has, she's stated that she's like not a lesbian. She's, she hasn't really put oh. a label on her sexuality, but she's been with men. And if anything, the more like, oh, interesting part of, who she stated is that there a lot of them are very much older than she is. Well, isn't she with Holland Taylor now? She is with Holland Taylor. She and Holland Taylor are together. 
Well, she was Sarah Paulson, Jones. I, she Sarah, was with I'm Tracy sorry Letts. that I mislabeled your sexuality, but cool. do whatever you got to do. But no, I mean, I feel like also if you were like, hi, gay, she'd be okay with it. <laughs> hi, gay. <laughs> Happy Pride Month. We are sashaying into deals. <laughs> God. God. I love Megan Sattler. Anyway. <sighs> So, yeah, so uh, Sarah Paulson is her editor. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead, Sam. I'm sorry, oh, babe. No, I sorry. interrupted you because I was excited about the, f- about the fellow gay. And That's <laughs> okay. Um, so not a problem at all because I was also excited about her. Okay. Um, but, <laughs> hello. Uh, so, Vicky's like, hey, I have a, an important interview for you uh, for No Magazine, which is like the big magazine. And uh, Ewan McGregor is this, like, hotshot, quite frankly, an asshole reporter who's famous for doing exposés for this magazine. And his best friend, who's also the editor, is played by David Hyde Pierce, mm-hmm. uh, more commonly known uh, as Niles from Frasier. But his name is Carter. God. So catcher what, Block. It's catcher. catcher. Sorry. Catcher Block, the stupidest, quite frankly, the stupidest name I've ever heard in my life, which is why I couldn't be bothered to remember it. And um, he's supposed to promote the book because David Hyde Pierce made a deal with Vicky because Vicky was going to go on dates with him for him to do that. So Catcher doesn't show up for all of the opportunities to interview Barbara. And so she basically says, well, F you. Mm-hmm. I'm out. Bye. And she and Vicky make their own luck and they get on the Ed Sullivan show and she becomes a best-selling author overnight. Wonderful. During all of this success, basically, she goes on TV and publicly says that Car- Carter Catcher. What's Catcher. Catcher. Ew. I'm just going to call him Ewan McGregor. I can't. <laughs> yeah. So, so she goes on TV and she's like, Ewan McGregor is a shitbag. Like, he's not a good guy. Women should beware of him because he stands for everything that I stand against. Mm -hmm. And so then he, in a 100% sociopath move, decides to pretend to be someone else, woo Mm -hmm. her, and have her fall in love with him so that he can write an expose on her, exposing that she actually can fall in love. That she Uh, wants to fall in love. The idea is, like, she wants what all women want. This woman is just like every other woman, and she wants love and marriage just like the rest of them. And that's the (sighs) goal. Yeah. And so he pretends uh, to be uh, an astronaut with a southern accent. Named um, Zip. Named Zip, who wears glasses. Stupid. And... (laughs) Sorry. Continue. (laughs) Um... There were parts, uh, there there were moments in this movie where I thought he looked a little bit like John Mulaney because he would wear those, like, suits and his hair was combed that way. And it was very like, hello, I'm here for business. Um, (laughs) I don't look like I've been sitting in a room eating saltines until just now. (laughs) But I do love how this movie looks. I love... um, It's really well done. I, I love Everyone it. who worked, and even the acting is good. I think the acting is good. I just don't think I like this movie. I yeah, it's one where I'm like, I don't think I like the. I, it's hard because it's not a, a good critique. Is not I just didn't like it. Like that's not a, a valid thing. But I, it's one where I think maybe this is just not our vibe. Um, yeah, I I mean, I, I, for, I, I just I, the whole time he was pretending to be Zip and wooing her before the big twist because the way this movie is set up. 
you think Barbara is just like a nice girl from Maine who just doesn't want to deal with men's bullshit anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not the twist. Spoiler, the twist is that she used to be Ewan McGregor's secretary and he had sex with her and then spurned her. And so mm-hmm. she, this is a revenge plot on him. Yeah. And I will say that what I, th- I truly was like, I think I love this movie, which is when the twist is revealed, the way it's revealed, is Renee Zellweger gives what I... It's like a two-minute monologue that is delivered beautifully. Truly, I watched it and said, this is why she has an Oscar. She is incredible. She's She's really good at her job. She delivers the fuck out of that. And when they cut to Ewan McGregor's face, I laughed out loud. That like truly, I I spent so much of the movie kind of being like, I don't think I like this. I don't want to. I don't want to do this. Any- I don't. I don't want to do this anymore. Like I didn't want to do this. And Fully, then the twist the t- happened. He's, he's recording her to try and get her to admit yeah. she's in love with him, mm-hmm. and so she stops the recording, meaning she knew he was going to do that the whole time. And honestly, my jaw was on the floor because there was nothing. There was nothing to pick up on mm-hmm. that she wasn't who she said she was Correct. until that moment. Correct. And it was um that that it was delightful. It was a delightful twist. And, and I also liked that I liked that it was, you know, generally a more feminist ending where she was like, you know, this is this was my goal. I achieved what I wanted to achieve and now I'm going to leave because I've decided that I don't want you anymore. Yeah. I, want, I choose me. Which is Which nice. Which I thought was a nice thing. Yeah. Um, but that wasn't the end. No. Um, because he's like, okay, great. Well, I still want to marry you and I love you. And now I can write this sort of expose. And now we can all, we can both, you don't have to pretend to be Barbara Novak anymore. We can do this whole thing. And she's like, I don't want to do that. This has meant a lot to a lot of these women. And also, I think I don't want to marry you anymore. I don't want to have to give up my life. I like the life that I've made for myself. Right. I don't want to give up everything that I built myself, Mm -hmm. that I worked hard to build, that I enjoy the success of, just Mm -hmm. to be your housewife. Yeah. That doesn't sound like a good trade-off. Yeah. And um, so she breaks up with him, and he's really bummed out. And then um, uh, she starts her own magazine with Sarah Paulson. And, and it's called Now. Yeah. And now. it's right across the street from the men's magazine, No. No. K-N-O-W. There were a lot of, like, quippy um, little bits of wordplay involving the names. I uh, did like that. I did think that that was funny. It was cute. Um, I, and was anyway, it, ha, he... Was ha, funny? No. Was it like, huh, that's funny? Yeah. It was like, that's clever. Um, uh, but anyway, he applies to be her secretary because her magazine is an equal opportunity employer and while he's there he like writes he's written this um sort of expose about himself right falling in love yeah it's how falling in love made him feel like a better person or blah 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 yeah how he's a new man and like okay obi-wan chill i honestly i love you you and mcgregor I, I do too, and I hate this character. I, I was, but I was still like charmed by him. I, really? I, oh, I thought he was. I, I really no, considered I, his character uh, to be a sociopath. Oh no, 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 really not the character. Him. I'm sorry, not the character, not the character. Oh, I meant just you and McGregor, McGregor. As a person. He's oh, so watchable. Yes. He's yes. so watchable, and he's so interesting. 
and I he's genuinely uh, love like him? again stacked cast he stacked was cast. really good in this movie I but I just I but I, um, I just hated I it, just the first two thirds of this movie don't make up for the last third for me I yeah and anyway they decide to get back together but their thing is that they're getting married but they can both do what they want to do not do what oh they want to do shocking. as fuck other people but their careers they can both have careers where they su- yeah shocking themselves. that if yeah. you're in a relationship with someone you love you can still be your own person yeah. revolutionary yeah it, it, it's that like i wanted to uh, overall i like that maybe message or ending but it, it felt kind of like yeah okay it felt similar to when i watched i heart huckabees with friends and was like i fucking hate this movie and the ending of the movie is supposed to be like this great revelation of like you need the good and the bad to have a complete life and i'm like we spent two hours of this bullshit movie for them to say that life is both good and bad i'm gonna lose my shit (laughs) i'm gonna slap david or russell across the fucking face i don't like it I don't like it. Also, he caught, he said not cool things to Lily Tomlin. Anyway, ugh, gross. I but like, oof. but I agree with you. Like, it was I a similar feel like feeling of like Dadoy, Dadoy. Anyway, sorry. What were you? Gonna yeah, say it's it's directed by Peyton Reed, who's a man. Who I like though. Yeah, I like I don't Peyton. Hate. Peyton Reed did Bring It On. He did. Um, Peyton he, Reed's not a bad director at all. I but like I also this. think there's something to be said for. I mean, just, and this is purely my opinion and is anecdotal. Um, I don't know what the actual, like, film stats are. So, film bros, please, I don't want to hear anything you have to say. All of the film bros who listen to our podcast. Um, Yeah. (laughs) All the um, film bros who are like, you know who I really want to listen to? (laughs) Anyway, I'm sorry. Yeah, you know who I really want to listen to? Two women telling me that Quentin Tarantino isn't the best director. Um, (laughs) I like my pervy directors a little bit different, okay? I'd like them to be less racist. And I'd like the pervy stuff they're into to be more along the lines of, like, I don't know, fucking a monster, Guillermo del Toro. Anyway, thank you. (laughs) You're very welcome. If you're going to put pervy shit in my movie, it better be cinematic as hell, man. Okay? Yeah, better make me want to cry. I don't want to stare at Uma Thurman's feet I have feet. You know what? I have feet that look like hers, bitch. I don't need to see it on the screen. Well, actually, I... in terms of representation, I don't think it had to be like Bigfoot bitch, you know? <laughs> <laughs> they weren't like, white women with long feet need representation. <laughs> no, Quentin Tarantino just wanted to look at her feet, and that was his way to do it. Anyway, um, I'm sorry. Anyway, there, there are we, worse things. We there, are, there are actual, like, racist shit he's put in. I digress. What were you going to say, babe, about directors or whatever okay. it is before we, I rudely listen, interrupted with talk with of Quint- feet? It's okay. Quentin Tarantino always sends us on a spiral. Um, But I was going to say that I feel that male-directed movies, and I think it's less so now, but, like, there's there's this trend that I've observed just collectively where, like, you will watch movies that are directed by men that seemingly are feminist but then the conclusion is something really obvious and it it doesn't it doesn't say anything it's and i know not all art has to have a purpose Mm -hmm. but if you're gonna align your film with feminism or the tenets of feminism or if you're gonna try to make a statement make a statement Mm -hmm. (laughs) don't tell me something i already know Uh don't waste my time 
I get that. I think I would say like just because it's directed by a woman does not mean it's feminist, and it doesn't mean it's good. And true, there and true. there are plenty of movies written and directed by women where I'm like, fuck this, fuck this notion. And there are movies directed by men where I'm like, oh, I I fuck with this. Um, I I do feel my issue is less that i'm not i don't i'm I'm not saying whether that you're right or wrong i just i was saying more there are like just because a woman is at the head does not mean it's they're looking out for everybody um right but just because it and i say that i just i just feel like we should acknowledge that it's two white women that historically our people are not always reaching out a hand to help other people um uh anyway i'm sorry i'm laughing i was laughing i laughed because i was like ooh. Uh, we getting serious for a second? Hot second, take that white feminism doesn't actually help women. No, we we spend a lot of time being like, and I say this as two white women with a podcast, we spend a lot yeah. of time being like, I will not be silenced. And it's like, you have not shut up this whole time. We we have a podcast. We have a podcast. <laughs> yeah. You know? um, but we recognize the irony. We, we recognize it. But I, I would say it, what frustrates me a little more is that um, – male directors tend to have more leeway and second chances or even first chances than directors who are not men. Um, and if, if if an issue happens with a movie, like if a movie that maybe is, quote, a little more feminist or is more female-centric or gay-centric or uh, just about something that isn't sort of heterosexual and white it and it doesn't have some kind of success it's usually like oh well it's not successful because of the these things these things never sell when that's not true um and that's something that does frustrate me about feminism in yeah i'm glad you said that because i i think i think i would agree that's that's what grinds my gears more because i don't think that this is not I like this movie. It's a fine movie. I I also love that the two gays were a couple. The two gays were a couple. Yeah, very That ending was my favorite. That was my favorite bit. I also like Yeah, yeah, I think if if you're not reading it as them asking each other for a lavender marriage, then the different reading um is is something that I thought about too throughout the whole course of this movie, which is like, why is marriage like, first of all, I understand why people would not want to get married, but also this focus on it, right? Like, if if you're thinking that Sarah Paulson and David Hyde Pierce are both straight, uh, or at least the characters they're playing are straight, right? This value that they place on getting married. She's like, oh, well, even she even thinks that he's gay at one point, and she says, I know you're a homosexual, I know that's your secret, and, like, I'm still going to marry you because I want to get married, and you're nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, which... The value, it just, I just think it's so interesting, the value that's placed on marriage, right? Yeah. And I think it's because, and, you know, I, this is my opinion, but I think it's because married couples have more benefits. Yes. Than other couples. Um, where, and it's just, it's, I just don't think that that works. Like, I think marriage is, if you want to get married, great. If you don't, great. If you're a couple and you're living together, no matter what genders or sexuality you both are, if you want to make that commitment to each other, I feel like there should be, like, a non-religious way. And I mean, there is now, because you could get married legally if Mm -hmm. you're not straight. 
Um, but I don't know. I just think the value that's placed on marriage is just, I don't yeah. understand. Well, I mean, I guess it's straight white patriarchy is what the answer to my yeah, question. They, unfortunately, <laughs> it always leads back to that. Uh, yeah, but yeah, no, marriage is more, it feels like less of a tool in our society as like, it's not always, oh, I, I'm doing this to share my life with you and to, um, express and how much i love you and share that love with everyone in our family it can feel almost like a business transaction because you get more benefits health benefits job benefits um tax benefits tax benefits them in the hospital if they're sick you're respected more as a person and overall of like oh they've completed this thing um it's really awful also part of them being married in the um I think this movie set in the 60s, but, like, women weren't allowed to have their own bank accounts until, like, 1975. Yeah. So a lot of it is, like, okay, I have, like, some kind of structure. I could have a house. I could have these elements that are afforded to married couples but not afforded to, to single people. And yeah, also which is why marriage was something that women sought because it gave them those freedoms and benefits as long as they fulfilled their role as the wife. Yeah, and it's fucked up. Uh, yeah. Also, apparently, did you know that um, if you are disabled and you receive benefits, that you lose those benefits if you get married? I did know that, which is... Ex- that blows but, my mind. Yeah, it's so It's like, oh, whoa, you're married so you're not disabled anymore? Like, what? What? <laughs> It's also c- creating this thing where your partner has to be your caretaker, which is not something that... That's not right, and it's not fair. Yeah. And I don't... Yeah. Honestly, I don't think either party would want that. No! No! And, like, it's, just to go on a rant for another second, another Us? rant is... On a <laughs> rant? We've never done that before. Mm-hmm. It is so difficult to be disabled in this country. Mm-hmm. In the world and in general, but, like, in this country, yipes. Yeah. And it's... and. It's something that I've just been thinking about because, like, I'm in law school and I'm I'm trying to train my brain to, like, think about things in ways that I haven't thought about them before and to think critically about the world around me. So my brain is just a pile of mush right now because we're rebuilding her better than before. But um, the simplest things that that an able-bodied person like me can do, Mm -hmm. things that I wouldn't even think of. Yeah. are things that someone with a disability struggles every day. And I know it's like, yeah, duh, Melanie. Mm-hmm. But even in the apartment complex that you and I lived in, Allie, yeah. very Not wheelchair inaccessible. accessible. Not so at all. If so you inaccessible. Had, if you have a wheelchair, if you have any kind of impairment You're that you know, limits your walking, yeah. you can't live there. Yeah, I broke... This, you can't. And like the... Uh, yeah, I, you broke I, your I, knee I, I broke you my had knee. to stay at someone else's house. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't... Because I live three stories up, so, like, I, I couldn't get to my apartment. I couldn't well, Yeah, I couldn't and move. you lived at the very top of the hill. Yeah, I couldn't go any. I couldn't do anything. Um, no. And it was, I, it was, yeah, it was just, can, can you imagine if I had a real, and I, again, we're saying we are very able-bodied, and it's like, da-doy, there are disabled people listening to this, like, yeah, no shit, bitch, but it was, it, I, we really, I we really have a, inaccessible place where we live right and i've i've even heard people complain about wheelchair ramps they're like why is this ramp here i could take the stairs like because it's not for you jeff yeah then take the stairs bitch yeah i'll take the stairs then take the stairs no one gives a fuck like yeah way to complain about something that is not 
if it doesn't do affect you. you, then guess what? It doesn't affect you. You can continue to live your life. Yeah, especially if you're able-bodied, walk two steps around and go up the stairs. Yeah. Also, I like taking. I if I I I don't mind walking up a ramp if I have to. I mean, yeah, it's like it's not there for me, but if it's there and no one else is using it, I'll do it. A high tide rises all boats. Well said. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, speaking like, just of boats, I watched. <laughs> never mind. Never mind. No, no, Sorry. nope. Now you got to tell me. Speaking of boats, I'm so ready for this. <laughs> I don't know why I was so excited. I said it like that. Basically, I just watched a movie where they. <laughs> A guy got killed on a boat. Anyway, <laughs> and then they okay. tried to build a raft with a bunch of coconuts. <laughs> oh my god! What movie was this? I watched the remake of Papillon. Um, did oh. you ever see? Based on a true story, but a lot of people are like, this memoir is sort of embellished or taken from other people's stories. Uh, this guy, his name is Henri Papillon something. Papillon was his nickname. He had a butterfly tattoo. Oh, okay. Um, I was going to say his name was like Henry Butterfly? Yeah, no. Uh, like uh, Papillon was uh, his nickname. He had a butterfly okay. tattoo. And he was, he'd been like in and out of jail. He was kind of a thief. And then he was, uh, they made a movie of it in the 70s with Steve McQueen and Dustin Hoffman. Right, and then okay, they did that's a rem- the one that I'm familiar with. Yeah, and then they did a remake a few years back with Charlie Hunnam and Rami Malek. And oh. uh, b- basically this guy was stuck on this penal colony in <laughs> French Guiana. And I know. Sorry, continue. No, it's okay. Um, I'm sorry. I don't, no one needs to Can you believe I'm in law school? <laughs> And I can't, I can't keep a straight face You're that fucked, word. man. No, dude, when I was in paralegal school, at any time they were like, the penal system, I was like, okay, okay. Get it together. We can keep it together. We can stick together. We can stick by this. Anyway, I Every watched- time I have to reference the model penal code, I just call it the MPC because I can't. Good for you. Can't. And that's, that Thank sounds you. good. But anyway, I, I, they, um, sorry, they were like, get a boat. It was- I don't know. This was also a movie that I watched where I was like, I don't know how I feel about this, but I will say, like, when it was good, it was very good. And when it was not good, it was like, okay, I don't, this is kind of a bummer Uh. (laughs) movie. I mean, it should be. It's about being stuck on a penal colony, but like, um, the, the the, the core of the movie, what really sells, and I believe this was also the core of the 1970 something film is the relationship between these two men mm-hmm. and that Rami Malik is so talented this that bitch, Rami Malik this bitch works so hard like it is you ever watch someone you're like very good at his job he's mm-hmm. just so good at his job yeah um also I I do love a trope I'm I'm so up topic with this because we did not like this movie <laughs> I really, I, I'm, I had dinner with my family in, like, in between watching this, mm-hmm. and I literally said to them, I'm never going to get this time back. I gotta go. I was having like, trouble watching it. I almost texted you, like, can we watch something else? But I was yeah, like, no. I fully started, and it's only to my, to, it's the only reason that we, 
didn't yeah. switch movies is because of my poor planning it was <laughs> because totally my brain okay. is a pile of mush but like i also considered being like why why did i pick this is it just because it was for free on the youtubes and i'm lazy mm-hmm. i mean yeah that's the answer but basically like, this movie is very well made and it's clever uh, but it wasn't for us that's who the do you thing. think it's for i think because there are people who love this movie really yeah this has like a whole like there and i think part of it is if you really really love um the movies that it's sort of paying homage to or doing a pastiche of you love it you get excited about all these references about all the costumes about all the um the dialogue about kind of the message um and i just i but i didn't i i I spent a lot of the movie being like, I don't know why I don't love this. And I think it's just, I also, part of it is just my own personal taste, I think. Because I don't like a case of mistaken identity. I don't like the farcical aspect of if one person said one thing, all of this would crumble. I don't like that. Yeah, well, we've talked about how, I think we've talked many times. It stresses me out and I'm over it. Yeah. Yeah, we've talked many times on the podcast about how neither of us like farce. And we go back and forth with it. We're really like, Ugh. It's, I really, truly, like, I was honestly disturbed by the aspect of this. And we should probably put a trigger warning on what I'm about to say, if I'm being real. So check the description. Um, okay. And just forewarning anyone from this point. Yeah. But the... The deception in order to sleep with, Barbara yeah, no, no, no. First, it's first of all, it's a crime. Yeah, depending on which state you live in, the severity of it. Mm-hmm. But it it is a crime, and uh, it is considered a form of rape yeah. if you deceive someone in order to gain their consent for sexual intercourse. Yeah, and um. More disturbing than that, just just on its face, the fact that a crime is being committed here is the fact that Obi-Wan Kenobi has no remorse. None. The decision to do this was completely impulsive. No regard for anyone's feelings. No guilt whatsoever. And actually not a lot of forethought. No. And I think uh, displaying antisocial behavior like that i think he would technically be characterized as a sociopath um that's not something that we should be glorifying and i very much felt that this film made his behavior okay because barbara was also deceiving him the difference between him and barbara though is that he was doing it so he could sleep with her and then ruin her life and she was doing it so that she could just tell him what she needed to tell him she wasn't gonna sleep with him well, she wanted to, I think, eventually. She did, but in but her I think not until my, after. Right. My understanding was that, like, she, of course, she also is, I would say, a sociopath as well. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, well, any wrong thing we watch, it's sociopathic yeah. behavior, and, and that's how a lot of like farces. That's how a lot of comedy is. It's like no one would ever act this way, but yeah, at a certain level, there has to be a there has to be some kind of heart or charm to make it or like oh this isn't actually just a nightmare sociopath person right and i mean i think you've actually touched on something pretty big right is that 
central to the romantic comedy right now we're getting a little academic here but central to the romantic comedy is this idea of farce and mistaken identity and deception and at the core of that is sociopathy and i i would encourage everyone to take a moment to think about not only the ramifications of glorifying and normalizing that behavior but also having that behavior be central to a genre of film that purports to basically tell people what love should be and Mm -hmm. how relationships should be to the point that the thing that generally women are supposed to do to forgive a man's sociopathic behavior and hurt towards them is accepting a grand romantic gesture. Boom. And we've talked about this before. Melanie, that was well said. And I think you've kind of nailed the crux of, A, why we have this podcast. (laughs) Because Thank you. We figured yeah. it out, folks. We Wrap figured it up. It out. Well, Wrap it up, boys. We're packing up. This is our last episode. No. <laughs> no. Can I? So, real quick. Would you say this movie is romantic? No. Would you? I, I didn't like it. I, you know, honestly, though, I liked, I didn't, I don't know if I found this to be romantic, but I, I genuinely loved the dynamic between David Hyde Pierce and Sarah Paulson. I did enjoy that, too. And I think part of why I liked it is because they are very clear and upfront and honest with each other. And they're so funny. And they're both kind of doing voices. I mean, he's doing a Niles-esque kind of voice that he's asked to do a lot of, like, I'm very stressed out and tense. and Yeah, I and have then, 15, uh, what is it? Ne- um, neuroses. He's neuroses. like, I have 15 diagnosed neuroses. Like, yes. okay, we get it. All right, and <laughs> then Sarah Paulson's doing that sort of, oh, hey, darling, oh, I'm wearing a cape. That I loved I loved her so much, bitch. Her outfits were so Oh, all the outfits! Loved it. The, uh, this very cute. well-made movie. Everyone who worked on this movie gets an A+. I feel that this movie... Except the people who wrote it they get an f but even they did i think an okay job i think i'm just i i don't know what this movie if if you are not someone who's super into this era of movie that it's sort of not parodying but like paying homage to doing a pastiche of referencing if you're not already kind of on board for those you're probably not going to be on board for this I would agree. And it's interesting, too, because I really enjoy old rom-coms. Those I are pretty much the only kind of rom-coms that oh, I, I enjoy. I don't. Are I don't feel that like way. Like, specifically, like, I love a Gene Kelly. I love a Donald O'Connor. I love Fred Astaire. Mm-hmm. Quite frankly, in my opinion, the best dance duo to have ever graced this earth is Fred Astaire and Aaron, Eleanor Powell. Oh. powerhouses both of them but you know those films aren't as uh i feel and i haven't watched them in a while so that's probably something we should revisit on the pod too mm-hmm. is i wonder how those hold up with this 1950s 1960s like this is right around the time the feminist movement is really starting like the post-suffragist feminist movement yeah. right women's lib and, as it was being called mm-hmm. yes thank you I think that's a more appropriate term because women really weren't liberated. Like you said, we couldn't have bank accounts until the 70s. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I wonder how those films stack up now that we've kind of uncovered the crux of, of this. Mm-hmm. I think maybe this is like not like we have to officially do this, but this may I would encourage anyone who watches rom-coms too, 
maybe judge those movies by a standard. If you want to use the standard we just came up with, you're more than welcome to. If you have another standard, please let us know because we're willing to learn and we love being schooled. Oh, we but love it. We genuinely love being we schooled. We love being schooled. Um, because learning is important and knowledge is power. So, you know, I... Schoolhouse Rock. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm just a bill. Oof. Anyway, um, <laughs> I... I really, I'm I'm feeling a lot of feelings about this movie, Allie. I didn't I I didn't enjoy it. There were pieces of it that I thought were kind of cute. I did enjoy the whole Sarah Paulson David Hyde Pierce dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, but even then, like he lies to her and she still wants to marry him, and he lies to her about something big because it effectively would have killed her career if he hadn't told her the truth. Yeah, I forgot about that. Oops. Oops. Uh, and it's. <laughs> And, like, I just, I don't understand why, because I don't, it's not just that it's not fair to women. I think this is also not fair to men. No. Like, why do men have to be, why right? Why do the men? Dichot- Sorry. The, <laughs> but the dichotomy that this movie sets up, I feel, is that if you're a man, you're one, or maybe not a dichotomy. Maybe it's a couple things, right? Either, no, there's two. Yeah, there's two. Either you have sex with whoever you want, regardless of what commitments you've made, and you use women, and you don't actually care about them because all you want is sex, and you're untouchable and can do whatever you want, or you're a complete neurotic mess who actually cares about things, and that means you're secretly gay. Yeah. And And I I don't think that's fair. Yeah. A a lot of these, we've talked about it before on this podcast, of how a lot of it, it sets up this thing of like... In order to have any kind of relationship, you need to play games and you need to jump through certain hoops of not actually saying what you want or need in order to have a relationship. And it puts pressure on, uh, typically how it's set up is like, you're a woman, you need to drop little hints and be as chill as possible, but you have to like do this sort of juggling act of not saying what you want, but kind of hinting at what you want. Um, so that maybe he'll understand and then it also implies that if you're a man you have to always be providing like do not stop talking always be saying um, suggestions for things and if she's upset about anything she's a bitch um, maybe sorry yeah. I made a big jump but also it's no, this idea, it's that, idea that he that also can't code your partner constantly thank you that's what I meant to listening. say that's what I meant to say because it's not just like oh men don't stop. it's like men are not told you can just say what you want but you also have to listen to what your partner wants. Basically, it's this whole thing of you have to... Men do a big romantic gesture, and women wait for the big romantic gesture. And sometimes it's like, you know, you can just fucking talk to each other or do something nice for each other if you want. Yeah, it's women are passive, men are active, men that aren't active are effeminate. Yeah. Uh, What a cool, dumb thing. Isn't gender so fun? I mean, those gender roles are definitely not. And it's and it, it's it's just makes me so mad because like, yeah, obviously, whatever couple you're in or whatever relationship you're in, there's going to be a degree where you have to explain yourself to your partner or whoever you're with. Like you could know someone really, really, really well and still have to explain things to them because they may not understand. And that's yeah. OK. The the difference is, is you know, being an active participant in your relationship by communicating with one another equally or asking for clarification when you need it or, you know, being clear about what you want and what you need versus expecting something that isn't really an expectation. 
Like, mm-hmm. I don't know who. I really don't. There isn't. There isn't a single person or a thing that like dictates these standards. It's just a standard that Hollywood has continued to uphold when really it's not applicable anymore. Yeah. yeah. Although there's still societal things that hold a lot of these things up. There um, are very much so, but uh, the I anyway. mean, it's specifically like in the media that we're consuming for the podcast. Yeah. It's like we have I just to see a lot of up, this. How yes. far up does this conspiracy go? Like, who sets these rules? Like, what what person? What Dale Snitterman person? Who is this? that? It's a reference from Thirty Rock, where she, d- where oh. Liz Lemon doesn't want to take the blame for something, so she makes up an executive. But it turns out he's a real person. Okay, and they Sorry, trash his know. office. I didn't know. It's okay. I've been rewatching Thirty Rock, so cool. I'm very up to date on my Thirty Rock trivia. But Got yeah, like come what on, Dale Snitterman motherfucker decided this. Come on, Liz. This is the nineties. Um. <laughs> Although, can I be honest? When I that this is the '90s, my brain immediately goes to um, Muriel's wedding, which I don't think technically qualifies for this part. But I don't know. I've never seen that one. It doesn't. Oh, it's so it's Australian. It's Tiny Collette. Oh, you listen to music from the '70s. This is the '90s. We listen to the Baby Animals and Nirvana. Is there an American remake of that with Ellen DeGeneres? No, that's Mr. Right. What wait? What's the plot of Mister? What's the plot of Mister Right? I don't know, but I feel like I've seen a a cover at at a at the old blockbuster. I have a very very specific memory of seeing a cover for a movie called Muriel's Wedding that didn't have Tony Collette on the cover. Well, not to my knowledge. I am googling it right now. I don't think that's what happened because it's Tiny Collette. Mm-hmm. Tiny nope, Collette. I was wrong. It is Tony Collette. I just was a stupid little kid who. You were not stupid. You just didn't have the right. Maybe I should say this not in an Australian accent. <laughs> you were not stupid. You just didn't have the reference point. That doesn't make you stupid. Yeah. For some reason, I guess I, I guess this is new about me. I used to think Tony Collette and, and Ellen DeGeneres were the same person. They so. don't. Now we're back to the Australian accent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Throw some shrimp on the barbie. Yeah. Right. With a tuba lager. Honestly, like, um, fair dinkum. And a um, bottle of Italian water. That You're good at that. That's really That's good. That's the only thing that I can say in Australian. No. Um, all my best ruse was set on fire. A rival, came, uh, a rival kangaroo farmer came and poured petrol all over my farm. And all my best ruse went up in flames. Ree Jackman. Russell Crowe. Olivia Root and John, that's sort of a double pun there. No. Because to root, that's sort of a naughty word. Um, anyway, all my ruse have been murdered. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. So I don't think I'd recommend this movie unless you already like this type of movie. I, I think there's a specific kind of. Um, Peasant. I don't think this is. I. I. It's. Okay. I don't know that this is a movie for us. I don't. This is not a poorly made movie. I don't even think this is a bad movie. I think this movie is something where if you're not already into this type, it, it's so specific that I don't know if it'll win you over if you weren't already into this type of vibe. Yeah. Well said, Allie. I agree. 
But I don't. I, I don't think, think it was this romantic. Is a bad movie. I I, don't I did know think. It was sexy. What was? I don't what? think it was sexy except for one part, and it's Talk it's what you're referring to. It's when they're on the phone with each other and the screen is split. Oh. <laughs> and the whole conversation is a double entendre, and mm. the way that they've set it up is like he's doing push-ups and he's in the top half of the screen, mm-hmm. and she's laying down on the ground and she's in the bottom half of the screen. And I thought yeah. that was kind of cute and a little bit like, huh? It was very. That was it. It was very clever. I didn't love it to be honest like i don't know if i i I liked it in terms of um how well it was done but i don't like that type of vibe where it's like oh i'm we're doing a naughty thing it felt a little bit like okay i don't want this anymore it was a very 60s joke well i mean how else are you gonna get past the censors i know but i just it's still very like okay it was one where it wasn't for me. Um, yeah, that oh, makes sense. Jerry Ryan is in this movie. Yeah. Seven of nine from Star Trek, but more like 10 out of 10. Um, she was great. <laughs> loved her. Loved her. She She's is great. a stone cold fox. A full fox. Very beautiful. Very beautiful. So beautiful. Um, she's great in this movie. Um Okay, was because I know that his character is supposed to be, they just say British, but is he supposed to be Scottish? Is Ewan McGregor trying to not sound Scottish? Because I feel like he, I was trying to figure out what it is. He's almost doing his Obi-Wan Kenobi voice. Almost, because he he right? does have oh, the accent, tripping. but it's, I don't think, I don't think that's his full-blown Scottish accent. No, because we can understand yeah, exactly. <laughs> Scottish I, people, I love you. I love your accent. Very much love Scottish people, but They're Scottish wild. Scottish Twitter, amazing. Twitter. Funniest thing I've ever seen. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I feel like they probably told him to, to do. They probably were just like, yeah, be yourself when you're being what's his face. And he starts, I, this is what I'm sure happened. He started actually speaking in his like normal Scottish voice. And they were like, no, not that. We, we don't not. know what you're, we don't know what you're saying. Can you do Obi-Wan, but less with the cadence, but just do Obi-Wan? And he was like, okay, I guess. Um, well, his Obi-Wan accent is like, is a lot more English than it is Scottish. Because well, yeah, because he's this- doing Alex, he's doing Alec Guinness. Right. They were and- like, can you go somewhere between train spotting and Obi-Wan? Yeah. Yeah. Me. Yeah. And uh, I didn't. I don't know. I just. I really was not for me, but I loved everyone in it. And I'm just confused. It was a lot of me trying to figure out why I wasn't loving it. I will say the twist, her whole monologue. She has this that like two minute monologue where she explains the twist. Brilliant. Incredible. Impeccable. I feel like it kind of turned the movie around for me, but I also was like, I I wouldn't want to watch that whole thing again. Yeah, I think, I think the twist was good, and I wish that the twist and the vibe that the twist set up had continued through the rest of the movie. Yeah. Oh, also, and I know this is part of the thing, but when, (laughs) at the beginning of the movie where it's like, it was 1962, Everyone was having a great time. I was like, everyone was having a great time in 1962? In New York? In New York. Everyone? Everyone was having a good time? In the 60s in America? Okay, Oh, this entire movie is white. 
Oh yeah, very white. Um, yeah. Uh, there's uh, one. There's one openly gay character in the beginning. But they're white. That's yeah. Yeah. And he only has like two lines, and I liked him. I thought it was cute. Like they made some sort of joke about uh the about dudes being on top of him he was like that's how i like it and i was like okay there we go love it have a great time loved it Um, loved him (laughs) that's fun um yeah Yeah. i don't i i didn't i'm gonna give this movie uh this is a new thing that i've decided to do i didn't care for it i'm gonna give it like um two shitty magazines out of ten shitty magazines oh i'm I don't know. I I can tell you this. I did. I wouldn't want to see this Paul Giamatified. Me neither. I don't think Giamatti should not, be in this. He it's wouldn't too, vibe with he's this. Too good he for it. I don't think he's too good for it. I just think it's not his vibe. Oh, I think he's too good for it. I don't think he'd want to do this. I think all the actors that were in this movie were too good for this movie. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> um. And I, I on I'm struggling to think of a fuck Mary kill. I guess. Okay. Here's one. What? Sorry, I don't know why I said it like that. <laughs> it's okay. Um, Barbara, Vicky, or Jerry Ryan? Oh, okay. Hmm. Sometimes Jerry Ryan looks like a blonde version of my aunt. Uh-oh. So, unfortunately, Jerry Ryan, I have to kill you. I'm very sorry, ma'am. Um, but I do love Jerry Ryan. I'll watch her do anything. No, that's not true. I like her a lot, and I'm comforted by her face. There we go. There it is. Um, uh, but so I guess that I would marry Bar. Uh, no, I'd marry um Sarah Paulson. Okay. And I guess I'm sleeping with Zellweger. All right. I. I guess. I, don't. I would see. I would also marry Sarah Paulson. Mm-hmm. I would kill Zellweger and I would fuck Jerry Ryan. That's probably a better move. Normally I'd go, we're boning down with the flight attendant, but because I and I finally figured out what it was, because sometimes she's just like, I look at Jerry Ryan and I'm like, yeah, okay, ma'am. And then there are sometimes her head will turn to the side and I'm like, oh no, oh no. <laughs> yeah. That, no, that's thank okay. you. And I that's understand. enough for me to be like, mm, I'm gonna, I gotta go. No, thank you. I no, yeah. thank you. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. That kind of, uh, no, no. <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, thank you. And uh, we're very busy. Um, <laughs> I have other things to do. I have other people. Um, yeah, other people to do. Hey, yeah, yeah. I think this on it. This was a really difficult movie to watch for me, and I I agree with you. Like, I just I don't think this is for for us. Yeah, for me, for you. Probably if 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 the people listening are the people we think are listening, it's probably not for y'all either. It might um, be. I don't know. Maybe we have a listener who's like, "This is one of my favorite movies." That's awesome. And if it is, great. You can yeah. like. You can like. Um, Ali said this before. Yeah. I've said this before. You can like a piece of art and still critique it. That's one hundred percent okay. That's where we are. We're we're. This is one of the first times where we're like, this movie is really well made. We don't want to watch this ever again. <laughs> Yeah, I think it, if I it made me want to watch other things with these actors in it. Yes, in I couldn't. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I just couldn't stop thinking of them all as Obi Wan Kenobi and Roxy Hart. <laughs> <laughs> Shut 
she did this. This came out the same year, I think, as Chicago, or like the year after Chicago. Uh, I think it was right after. After. Right after Chicago. Or you know what? Let me check on that because. Look it up. I will say too. I think one of the the more enjoyable things to watch about this was Renee Zellweger's um, physicality in this movie. Oh, she, she was on it. Nailed she it. She really did a good job. Yes. And um, I, it, it was, she was, I enjoyed watching her because she really just went 110%. Like, the way that she walks, the way that she yeah. talks, the way that she takes off her gloves. Yes. Like, the way that she checked herself in the mirror. I thought it was... Very well done. She's great at her job. Yeah. Uh, Chicago was a year before this. Got it. Thank you. So she'd probably, I think if memory serves, she probably had like just won the Oscar and then this came out and people were like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Maybe they were like, we love it, Renee. I um, mean, what, the research that I did said this film was very well received. Yeah. Oh. Like it, it I, did well. Yeah. Wait, did she win for Chicago? Yeah. No. Th- she went for Cold Mountain. I know that. Well, I D- think she was definitely she- nominated for Chicago. Yeah, but for Oscars and BAFTAs. I'm I'm looking it up. We're looking it up, you guys. Awards. Guys. Here we go. I'm looking up at awards. Academy Award for Best Actress in a Supporting Role cuz I knew Catherine Zeta got it. Okay. She was, yeah, nominated. Um, she was nominated. But who won? Who won in 2002? It may have been Catherine Zeta-Jones. Because I think they were both nominated for Best Actress. Well, no, Best Supporting. Zeta won for Best Supporting. But sometimes, because Catherine Zeta was nominated against uh, Queen Latifah for the same thing. And I remember when you saw them win... Like when Catherine Zeta Jones won, um, but Queen Latifah was really happy for her. Oh, that's really like, sweet. Cheers. Anyway, sorry, I'm taking a look. Okay, hold on. This is not what I fucking wanted. Sorry. All right, I'm I'm looking through it. There are a lot. Why is this not these fucking hoes? And by these fucking hoes, I mean the internet. All right. Why is it? I love that we're like, we'll figure this out. Our people need to know. All right. Oh, okay. She got the Golden Globe for Best Actress. Got it. For Chicago. That yeah. was it. And the SAG Award. But. But not you know. the Academy Award. She was just nominated. Yeah. But I know um, Renee won for Cold Mountain. That's where she I got her Oscar. I have not seen that movie. As far as I know, it's like, it's cold on this mountain. <laughs> <laughs> It is the Civil War. I am on a mountain. I do declare it is so cold here. It is freezing here. (laughs) (laughs) This here mountain is too cold. (laughs) Oscar. And they're like, we love it. Yes. (laughs) More of this. And Nicole Kidman is wearing a wig and she's just like. (sighs) And I think Jude Law is there. Ew. Okay. That Do you not like Jude Law at all? Not really. Wow. Yeah, I just he doesn't really do it for me. 
to be I I get it I f- bit something I've noticed is that my favorite Jude Law is like the Jude Law that's if he's playing a character that could be gay that's when I'm listening but if he's just hi I'm Jude Law and my thing is that I fuck chicks not interested mm. don't want to hear it yeah well that's why I like him as Dr. Watson because he's clearly in love with Sherlock Holmes. they are that is a romance and we love it yeah um or even in um I do think Martin Freeman plays a better Watson though I don't know I don't I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I just realized I think I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not to say that these gentlemen are not talented. I just, I realized that I'm not as invested in the portrayal yeah. of those characters. Sherlock Holmes is really not your vibe. I used to like it a lot, but I, and I do kind of, it, it can be really fun, but it is. Sometimes it's a little too, like, what if this mean man uh, was dismissive? I'm good. Like, that's also house. What if this mean man was dismissive, but then deep down inside cared, but couldn't show me that he cared? Yeah. Oh, no. Well, like, that's also what house is. House is just Sherlock Holmes, but in a hospital Hospital. in America. No, thank you. No. What if this man who was brilliant was also very mean? Uh no thanks i'm good Mm. i i could just call my grandpa um well actually i can't he passed away anyway thank you for listening do you have me at home no (laughs) thank you for listening if you have (laughs) thoughts feelings comments you can go on our website hellnocast.com there's a way you can uh, email us there or you can also message us on instagram or twitter at hellnocast uh, let us know how you feel, and if you liked this episode, or if you liked this podcast in general, or if you're just feeling charitable, give us a review, babe. We uh, would absolutely love that. We Leave really us a would. Star review on Apple Podcasts. Um, it would really just warm warm my icy little black heart. And um, another fun thing for you guys. Wait, on am I Watson or are you Sherlock? What? Sorry, never finish your thought. If anything else, sorry, what were you gonna say? I don't think I'm Sherlock because uh, I actually have empathy. You do. Um, you have a lot of empathy. Yeah. I'm sorry, I interrupted, but <laughs> I was okay. like, "What is our dynamic?" And I realized Definitely it's not ni- that. It's not that at all. It's not um, that at all. But if you want to know more about me and Allie, our bio page on our website is under construction. And so if you'd like to learn more about us as humans, uh, we would encourage you to peruse our website because it's under construction and we're trying to make it fun. Just like our podcast. Just fun. Just fun fun. all around. When people talk about us, they say, you know, those two girls, they're fun. Yeah. You know, Mel and Allie. Oh, yeah. The fun girls. That's right. That's us. (laughs) We're fun. Fun, fun, fun. And humble. Fun and humble. I am the funnest, most humblest woman in the world. Thank you. I'm also here. (laughs) And on that note. Thank you so much for listening to You Had Me at Hell No. I have been Allie. And I have been Mel. Bye-bye. Bye. You Had Me at Hell No was recorded remotely at our homes in front of our pets, Roscoe and Benny. Allie and I would like to say congratulations to Tiffer on the birth of his daughter, as well as a big thank you to Lucille Petty and Bella Vanek for writing our theme song. Thank you, Bella and Lucille. 